0: Pathway to Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, episode number 78, with the author of Unlock Your Divine DNA, Tony Colson.
1: Remember one occasion, actually I was balled up in a fetal position in my office, and my wife came in and helped me get myself together so I could go up and go on stage and preach. Hey, this is Matt Crump from Matt Crump Ministries in hashtag God's Got This. I'm so excited that you're here today to listen to Dr. Brad Miller on Pathway to Promise.
0: You're on the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes every person has a God-given promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, and that you must have a plan and a guide to get there. The Pathway to Promise podcast not only is your guide through the wilderness of depression and disappointment that stand between you and your promised life, but also brings you insights and direction from inspiring, successful thought leaders who have transformed their lives. Welcome to the Pathway to Promise. Now, here's Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to the Pathway to Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. What an honor and a privilege and a joy to have you join me today as we continue to have conversations and teaching and discussions that are about encouragement and bringing hope into your life where there may be discouragement. We're all about helping people overcome adversity in their life to achieve what we call their life, your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. A good place, going from a challenging bad place to a good place in your life we do so by sharing stories of encouragement and teaching from my background as a pastor and as a uh, and as a student of life transformation and also by bringing in great guests who have had their own stories of life transformation or bring something to the table that can help you overcome adversity to achieve your life of peace, prosperity and purpose and that's the case today as we have author Tony Colson who is the author of the book, Unlocking Your D- Divine DNA. And he is all about helping other people become great. We'll hear more about Tony in just a minute, but I did want you to know from Tony in just a minute, but I did want you to know you're here at Pathway to Promise. We're here to be helpful to you. You can go to find some tools at our at our website, pathwaypromise.com, where we have back episodes of the podcast. And we have a free gift for you, the four-minute guide for success. We hope it's helpful to you. You can always find out more about us, always connect up with us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other places as well on the web. But our website is pathwaypromise.com. Our guest today, Tony Colson. He, uh, he is an author, and he is a teacher. He is a life coach and a speaker, and he is all about helping high-performing leaders who are dissatisfied with average to unlock what he calls their divine DNA, That bit of the holy that's within them. His book is called Unlocking Your Divine DNA, and he has created strategies to empower people to live a life of greatness. In our conversation today, we talk about overcoming one of the great things that he had to overcome in his life, which was OCD, Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. He has a fascinating story to tell about how he was able to deal with this. Circumstance was which was debilitating to him and overcome that to become a success and now coach who can be helpful to you. Lots of transferable principles here. So let's hear from our interview with Tony Colson right now. Dr. Brad Miller, back with you on the Pathway to Promise podcast, where it is our mission to help folks overcome adversity to achieve their life of peace, prosperity, and passion and purpose. And part of what we do is we talk to great people who are great leaders who have had transformation in their life and help guide others in transformation. We've had a number of great authors on our uh, on our podcast, and that is no exception today, as we have Tony Colson, who is a pastor and a leader, and he is the success coach, author, speaker. He is a works with high-performing leaders who are dissatisfied with average and helps them to unlock their divine DNA, which is the title of his book. And he was, the he helps these folks create strategies to empower them to go
1: to greatness, to live a life of greatness. Tony, welcome to pathway to promise. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here with you, Brad, and just uh, excited about the conversation today. Awesome.
0: Awesome. My man. Well, we've got to know each other a little bit through some of the things we're involved with here. And, and the theme of your book is, uh, uh, Really uh, an awesome, I love the analogy of the DNA, the d- divine of the holy the DNA of how our bodies and our our personalities and everything else about us is made up. And that's a great analogy. We'll get into some of that deep dive in here in just a minute. But I, have a, I know that you're a person who was motivated to do some writing and do some other things in your life and your work because of some challenges that you've had in your life. And so nice, if you're okay, just take a minute, Tony, to unpack your story
1: of life and mission and ministry and where you arrived, where you're at now. Thank you so much. Um, it is a part of my story. This uh, whole concept of unlocking your divine DNA as as it relates to God unlocking my own DNA. And I was radically saved when I was 16 years old and started uh, just fell in love with Jesus. Just started telling everybody about him. And and the person who mentored me was this great man, but he also was very uh, disciplinary in kind of discipleship making. And so I had a, a, a pretty legalistic view of being all in or or all, all out. You're either 100% right or you're 100% wrong. And it created for me uh, this this bad combination that began to fall apart after a few years of being a Christian. And then also after a few years of being a pastor. And so this, this passion and desire of and love for Jesus that wanted to tell everybody grew into this expression of ministry and getting to preach. And then that grew into an opportunity to pastor uh, for as an assistant pastor. And that grew into planting a church and Anyone, and I know that you have, Brad, as well, anyone that's planted a church, anyone that's led people at any high level knows that there are many difficulties as it relates to managing conflict and uh, creating systems and trying to develop an organization that's exciting and effective. And, and you carry with you, when you're the sole entrepreneur, if you will, when you're the, the sole leader, uh, the highest lever, if you will, you carry all that responsibility. It it really wraps and mingles in together with your identity. And as a young man, I didn't know how to separate that. I didn't know how to separate my identity from my, my calling and from my work expression. And and whenever my ministry wasn't successful as I thought it should be, then it completely impacted the way I viewed myself. Myself identity. And through a process of several years, I married this beautiful woman, uh, Lachey, and we're still married now, actually going to be celebrating 25 years this no, that's, year.
0: That's awesome in and of itself right there, my oh, man.
1: That's, that's a testimony all in and of itself. And so more for her than it is for me, but, yeah. but uh, we, we had some very difficult times and through this, through this time of being a pastor of a, being a church planter not performing as I thought I should be able to, I, I began to unravel on the inside and I began to, now, interestingly, I was able to keep most of this, this conflict on the inside of me from being noticed on the outside as it related to the platform that I had. Mm. I would be able to go to the stage and perform if you will, Yeah. but off the stage in my home and, with those who were the closest with me, they wouldn't see the struggle that was going on in my life.
0: So internally internally deep down and behind the scenes and family life and other things, there was a great turmoil going on.
1: Very much a a great turmoil. Remember one occasion, uh, actually, I was balled up in a fetal position in my office and my wife came in and helped me get myself together so I could go up and go on stage and preach. Mm, Uh, I struggled. I fell in. Fear was the proponent that led me into this unraveling, and that fear led to a tormenting life of OCD, Mm. obsessive-compulsive disorder. Uh, I don't even remember the severity of it as much as my wife does because she watched from a from a posture of a sound mind, my mind was pretty messed up. And so I'm just trying to survive it. She's watching it. Uh, She said that one day I I took 29 showers. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Okay.
0: Not
1: not good for the water bill for sure. And my hands would literally be so dry from all the cleansing uh, that my hands would crack and bleed. And Mine was also a spiritual OCD. So not only did I feel dirty outwardly, I felt dirty all the time inwardly. And So I was constantly confessing and constantly trying to make myself pure. And my wife was actually terrified that I was going to confess something because most of this was going on in my mind. It wasn't reality.
0: So were you absolved? Were you just dissolved into guilt that was just...
1: Making you crazy here? Is that what's going Guilt, on? Guilt is very much a guilt-driven life, and uh, and so uh, my wife was always terrified that I was going to confess something to somebody that I thought I did, and I and I did do that at times. But thankfully, it was never bad enough to, <laughs> that it would that it ruined me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she was always afraid because if it if it came to my mind, to me, it was real. And so if I had the thought, then it was real. And so that's, that's the challenge with obsessive compulsive disorder is it's, it's, there's a hard, there's a, it's very difficult to divide the reality of what you're feeling and the reality of what is. Mm -hmm. And thankfully uh, God brought me to a place of freeing me from fear Uh and freeing me from OCD. I was, uh, I was on medicine. meant for, for uh, my mind. Sure. Um, and God, I don't take any medicines now. Um, these, these it, it, I can't say that I'm completely 100. percent Never have an issue, but it never, it doesn't control my life. It doesn't impact the expression of my life any longer. And so I may feel it, but it doesn't. It doesn't overwhelm me. It doesn't control me. That's awesome. Uh, yeah.
0: So yeah, in this process here, you've been able to overcome this OCD, and you've been able to. Uh, live a productive life as a as a pastor and as a church planter, and even though you've had some challenges there as a pastor, I'm a pastor as well, and certainly I've had my share of challenges. You have arrived at a pretty good place now, but tell me a little bit about you. You mentioned a couple things, but you mentioned you know being fetal position and OCD and so on, and you you mentioned your wife here. But I'm interested in some of the bold actions that you took kind of consciously. What are some things that you did that had to break some patterns of what you did before in order to get you through? Because a lot of people stay stuck where you are at, my friend, as you know from your ministry. So tell me what some of the things that you did.
1: I think the perplexing thing, as I told you, I was very disciplined. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm known to be a disciplined person. So I did what you're supposed to do. I mean what you learn you're supposed to do as a Christian, I prayed, I fasted, I confessed my sins, I I got counseling. I mean I did everything that I knew to do and I was still entangled. And and so there there were different breaking breaking through points throughout this journey. And so I if I was to say anything to anyone, especially people of faith, do what you know you're supposed to do. Okay and you got to, you have to invest yourself as it relates to prayer and fasting. Don't be afraid. Now, thankfully God had given me some accountability partners. God had given me some people to speak into my life through counseling and pastors that were safe people. And, and so they were able to walk with me through this journey uh, and protect me, if you will, through this process. And so, so that's, that's the important thing is, is being trusting of God. Number one, God's going to take care of you. Uh, God's going to, if you, if your heart is for freedom, he's going to take care of you. And so he, he connected me with the right people. And then there was these moments of breakthrough and each moment of breakthrough would bring me a little bit closer to my freedom. And ultimately it came down to a point of, first of all, this idea, this revelation of my DNA, because mine is, and I believe it happens to so many people, it's wrapped up in your identity. It's the way you view yourself
0: mm-hmm. Yes,
1: that says, as a man thinks, so he is. And so as you, as you view yourself, it has a direct impact on the way you express behavior and the way you go about life. And mine was intertwined with the way I viewed my, my identity, who I am and the enemy actually had used a scripture to trick me on that. I, I,
0: hmm, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Yes, it, it was in Philippians chapter two. I was actually reading the New International Version at that time in my life, and and so I I was. Again, I'm, I'm a studier. I, I, I'm disciplined. I'm praying. I'm seeking the Lord. And, and so part of it was reading in Philippians. Now, I like the New International Version. There's some areas there that I feel like now that I've grown and I have a better understanding, I realize there's some things that are not as great as it should be translation wise. But uh, in, that, in this case, Philippians chapter 2 is a bad translation. And it's the scripture that, that it talks about having the same attitude, the same mind as Christ. And in this in, in this passage, it says that Jesus made himself. Now, a better translation, Brad would have been, he made himself of no reputation.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: Okay. The NIV translation says he made himself nothing. Okay. Well, the enemy took that word, nothing, and said, in order for you to be like Jesus, you got to become nothing. Hmm. Well, it eat away at the core of my... Which is a blow
0: agenda. to your self-esteem then, right?
1: Say that again it was a blow to your self-esteem oh everything I mean basically I lost complete trust in who I am I lost I, I I believe that if I committed one sin well why wouldn't I commit a worser sin if I couldn't accomplish this how could I accomplish so it totally assaulted my identity all on a scripture yeah
0: and because and of course it, since it was scripture it brought authority with it for you
1: Correct. Right. And so, and, and again, it goes all the way back. This is all, this is the the revelation that God brought me, you know, in the book, Unlocking Your Divine DNA. It it talks about this strategy that, that Satan had with Eve, the serpent Mm -hmm. had with Eve in the garden. Mm -hmm. He questioned God's word. That was, and he does the same thing today. So yeah. Because what
0: what was a, as you say, what was a NIV was a bad translation for you to, as spoken in your life, but for someone else it might speak differently. You know, it'd be helpful to them, and so. uh, But this is interesting how you are now, various ways are connecting, with some of the processes that you needed to do. You mentioned accountability partners. You mentioned your wife. You mentioned other things that you did. I'd like to go now for your wife and loving relationships, that emotional part, you know, what you're describing basically is, you know, kind of a, a mental emotional spiritual challenge that you had and a piece of it had to be the emotional part, loving relationships. How, how, what part did that play?
1: I think the most profound moment in my struggle was I had came to this place where I was, I had thought I had committed a terrible sin. Um and I went and confessed that to my wife. Now again, this is all this mental struggle that's going on in my mind. If it was a thought, it was real.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so I confessed this horrible thing to my wife, um, uh, which I didn't do. Um, and she looked at me and what I was expecting from her was, get out of my life, we're done, it's over. She said, let's go get the kids and let's go to the, well, we have a music cart, Dollywood. She said, let's go to Dollywood, and enjoy our family today. That was her response. And so it was like, at my worst, at my lowest place, she loved me because of who I was, not because of anything that I did or didn't do.
0: That's an amazing story of grace on your wife's part right there, my friend.
1: She is. She demonstrated great, great, great grace, great love, uh, God sized love. And, and that was, I'll never forget that moment um, because it created for me a foundation to fall upon that wouldn't let me fall apart.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. And, uh, and now that process here now, it seems like in kind of a roundabout way, uh, you were able to draw on this on your, on your faith and your spiritual life, even though there were some convoluted parts of it uh that certainly spoken to your life in a in a different in a different way i think to uh help you heal and come to hold us. Yeah. say a little bit more about your how your spiritual journey evolved and went in a little different direction than maybe you thought when you were wrapped up in your identity and your kind of your professional spirituality
1: Well, well the, the the revelation that set me free was was just this concept of obeying the truth. It's interesting how God took, the enemy took and messed me up theologically, and God took the same, he took word, he took his word and set me free with it. So the enemy took God's word and messed me up. God took his word. and, And, And so you were asking about bold statements and this was bold steps that I had to take to get free. Sure. And this is all a part of this process and maybe I'll do some work on, on OCD particularly, Mm -hmm. but it's this concept of not responding to what you feel, but under, but obeying what is true and somehow with God's grace, I pulled myself to a place and I remember not washing my hands when I wanted to wash my hands.
0: Okay. Simple and that, was as that. that. And that was a breakthrough for you, wasn't that was it? was a
1: breakthrough. Yeah. So as I began to make these steps of obeying what I knew to be true, not what I felt, it began to empower me to move forward in life. And it began to cause me to step into a new place. My mind is sharper now maybe than it's ever been, but way back to when I was in high school and college. There's no doubt my mind, the clarity of it, uh, my ability to remember. Um, it's its an amazing thing. I used to forget names all the time. Now I almost rarely, rarely ever do I forget a name. Uh, just the, the, my ability to process. I mean, it's an exciting time in my life. It's a, its It's as if I've been reborn again. I know you're not supposed to get reborn again, but I – somehow I felt like I got reborn again. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's an amazing uh, transformation.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the process of transformation isn't just an arrival point. You know, we we uh, like, I like to talk in my process that I use uh, arriving at your promised life, but that's just the beginning. That's not a, a, a an end point, uh, promised life, peace, prosperity, and purpose. And, it means that some for some of us we think uh, you know we've become a Christian or we uh, get that job or the you know whatever it is that we think is the, the end all be all doesn't yeah. work either way. It's the transformation has to be ongoing and it's not like some of these new new disciplines. You had to learn some new disciplines, some new ways of doing things that were right. actually helpful to you. And and then part of what you're doing now is you're teaching others this right. process. So tell me what are some of the principles of your transformation, habits, otherwise, what are you doing now that is transferable, that you can teach others, that you can speak into their life?
1: One of the things I'm doing right now, Brad, is developing a coaching program called My Pursuit 180, and it's a systemic, a systematic change process to help people walk through their, their journey, and it's built on the acronym PURSUIT. Uh, and so, first of all, per, the P in pursuit is to know what you're pursuing. So, that's the concept of identifying your vision, uh, identifying the calling that is on your life, being able to get clarity. Uh, secondly, is to understand the now. Why are you where you are right now? I had to come to terms with why I was struggling, why I was in that place. So, understanding your now, reset and realign, uh, making the commitment to. Change your mind, um, and so I go through this whole acronym with with people. I can I can walk them through that and help them get to a place to where they they see this one eighty change take place in their life.
0: That's awesome, and so this is it. Do we find some of this in your book as well?
1: This will be a second book that will be coming out. Oh,
0: all right, awesome,
1: awesome. And so. One of the things that I was, I don't want to say, dis, maybe disappointed. I went and sat down with a pastor. He'd read my book, and he was greatly impacted by it. So he called me. He lived in uh, maybe an hour and 45 minutes away, hour and 40 minutes away. And he said, I'd love to meet you at breakfast and just talk to you. And so I went and met him in, in a cracker barrel, and we sat down and talked. And he asked me about working these principles into his life. And I'm like, I, I walked away from that meeting. And I was just like I didn't have what it took to really get him there, and okay. I think that's what stirred me up and said, I've got to I've got to create a systematic process. Yeah. Well, and that's you, what that's what happened.
0: Yeah, you got that, uh, you know that at uh, holy appointment there, which now uh, encourages you to have your own breakthrough to go to what's next to make it into a a course or some uh, materials that could be helpful to others. And so, has there been to you? Uh, What I'm interested in here now is how this life transformation process is impacting others. You mentioned this one gentleman here. How do you think it's going to work with other people or have you have, do you have evidence of this in your church or otherwise of the principles you're teaching, you know, being helpful in a life transformation process?
1: What I'm going to be doing is creating a cohort
0: uh,
1: together. And so anyone that would want to be a part of that, then, what I'm going to be actually offering is personal one-on-one coaching, like a a coaching call once a month. That would be just me and that individual, and then there would be a weekly weekly group call, and we'll work through these principles with them. the The beautiful thing about this process is it's not just about pastoring; it's not just about finances. It's really taking what you the area that you want to see changed, the area that you want to see transformation in. And then I work with you on identifying the systems, the processes, and then hold you accountable to help you implement that into your life.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
1: think that's the key is uh, it's not just the my, my first, the book was a lot of revelation. It's like, it's the, it's the truth mm-hmm. behind it. But as you know, unless you, Really work that truth into your life. It's not going to have a lot of impact on you, yeah. and so so the my pursuit one hundred and eighty is the implementation of the truth. Awesome. To bring about so that, we'll
0: uh, we'll share some details about that in our in our show notes. One of the things I like to ask most of my guests, uh, Tony, is what I just call the three definitions and how we define three important parts that I are a part of it pursuit i do use your acronym pursuit that i think everyone pursues these three things in one way or another and the first is peace how, how do you define in your life peace
1: uh, the, it's the concept of wholeness it's before when i was so bound by fear i was unraveling i, I was incomplete so now i have this sense of wholeness i'm not i'm not perfect but I'm whole. I have access to all the different parts that I'm, that makes me a son of God that makes me uh, a, a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so when those parts are all working the way that they should be working, uh, it creates a wholeness and that wholeness establishes a peace uh, that you walk in.
0: So wholeness, that's awesome. The definition of the second term that uh, I think all of us, pursue in some form or another. And that that word is prosperity. How do you
1: define in your life prosperity? Well, what I didn't say was about this divine DNA, there's five components to it. One is God created us to be blessed. God created us to be fruitful. God created us to have dominion. God created us to have healthy relationships. And then lastly, he created us to steward a purpose in life. And so when those five components are at work in a person's life, then what I believe in the scriptures, it says in Genesis chapter one, this is the divine DNA revelation Mm -hmm. is that that is the glory that's supposed to rest on man. Mm. You may have heard the scripture for all of sin and fallen short of glory. Sure. I could have preached that as an evangelist and said, for all of sin and fallen short of going to heaven. I don't believe that's what it means now. I believe that it means that the glory that's supposed to rest on our lives in the earth was lost because of sin and Christ came to restore that. And so prosperity then is allowing God to restore these components so that there's a glory that rests on your life. It's not, it's not just about having money. It's about operating in such a way to where you're expressing your divine purpose.
0: Yeah. Well, it also goes to having a, uh, having an abundance mindset, abundance thinking yes. over one of, uh, of uh, poverty or lack, and that just changes a lot of things around for us when you look at it that way. Yes, first, sir. You've already touched a little bit on the third term i like to ask uh, you to define, and that is purpose. What brings your life purpose? What brings people purpose?
1: My purpose is, first of all, to be a vessel that houses the presence of God in the earth, and then that presence is supposed to be released through my life in the domain that He's given me to live in, with the intention of expanding His kingdom in the earth. And so I cannot fulfill that purpose without His presence. And but whenever His presence is operating freely, then there is an there is an uh, an automatic expansion of His kingdom in the earth. So Jesus taught His disciples, "Pray like this: Let your kingdom come on earth, as it is in heaven." So when we're housing the presence of God in our lives, then wherever he sends us, we are extending his presence in the earth. That's awesome.
0: Well, let's, uh, as we kind of wind this down for just a minute here, Tony, just one more thing. I'd like for you to put yourself in the place of speaking into the life of a, of a, uh, of a hypothetical person who was, would be have some of the similar issues that you had not too long ago. You know, not too, you were shared how you found yourself in a fetal position and you found yourself just, just overwhelmed by guilt and by other mental anguish type things that were just, you know, just, just hounding you. Uh, That happens to a lot of people, you know, it happens to a lot of people and it may not be a mental anguish thing. It might be a relationship deal, a divorce or something like that. They may be dealing with the death of a loved one. They may be having a diagnosis of cancer or, you know, any number of things that can just put us in the weeds, can put us in that fetal position. But I'd like for you to think about what you would say. What would you encourage? What would you speak into the life of a person who was just devastated by, by adversity?
1: Well, first of all, you're not alone. I believe that's one of the biggest tricks of the enemy is to convince us that we're the only one struggling with it. Uh, we're the only one that's going through this. We're the only one that's having these kinds of thoughts. And the reality is it's not true. Uh, you are in good company in the sense of being a person who is struggling that's not abnormal. The second thing is this, you're in good company in the sense of God being aware of where you are and he is working right now to bring about a good outcome. You may not be able to see him, you may not be able to feel him, you may not understand where you're at, but the promise and the truth is is that God is already at work in your tomorrow, taking where you are today and healing where you've been yesterday and making something beautiful out of it. I like to say it like this, that God takes my mess, adds a little age to it, and makes a message. So he's, he's used all of these things in my life, and he's created a, a voice for me. I, I wouldn't be here today if I wouldn't have went through the the difficulty and the difficult journey of almost at the brink of disaster, uh, suicidal, um uh, I remember being in a place even of getting admitted into the ER with stroke like symptoms, all because of stress. And there is hope. There is a way out. There is a process of, of transformation. Ask God to send you safe people. Maybe I'm that safe person. Maybe Brad's that safe person that can lead you into the place of healing and into wholeness and into you expressing what you were created for. It's awesome.
0: Well, a great message for us to hear today. I'll, I love that uh, that tweetable you gave me a, a mess to message. I love that. Yes. So, uh, that. that's that's awesome. Well, thank you for being with us today, Tony, and you've given some really good things to to think about and to deal with and you're the author of Unlock Your Divine DNA and he's got a, another book in him coming out sometime. And he's working with the program called Pursuit 180. I commend those to you as Tony is looking to help people achieve excellence and live a life of greatness. Thanks for being with us today, Tony Colson. What an awesome conversation we were able to have with Tony Colson um, today, which really I believe spoken to my life and I hope it's spoken to yours as well about overcoming some things that can be debilitating to us in his case, obsessive compulsive disorder and some other things that came into his life which really almost put him in the ditch but he was able to overcome those and to get back on track just a couple of just a couple of takeaways from our conversation today that I think are important he was talking about having uh, understanding the ability to not be tormented by a sense of perfectionism that's really a what OCD is all about in many ways Is this sense of All the world is black and white terms And he needed to see The terms in some shades of grey He talked about for instance Taking 29 showers in a day And how he was uh, In a fetal position in a ball Before he was to go in to preach And his wife came in to help him out That's being debilitated by Something in your life But He talked about how he was able to work himself Through that and get unstuck by things like prayer and fasting and confession but he went beyond that to have breakthrough moments when he worked with accountability partners and he was able to work through situations with his wife he was very supportive of him and helped him work through this process he saw it not only as obsessive compulsive in his on uh, an emotional level but it was a spiritual thing as well spiritual OCD where he had confusion in his life about being pure. And this sensitivity, I think, friends, about sometimes we want to be perfect, is something we have to overcome. So we're not just driven by guilt. And Tony gives us some practical things to help us to do just that. And he talks about obeying what is true, not what you feel, to have a foundation of what is true. In his life, it's his spiritual life and his the disciplines he has and he talks about how you can turn your life around. He even has developed a process called Pursuit 180. And on his website, tonycolson.com, is where you can find out more about that and creating some other coaching opportunities. I love what he said about how God can take any mess, add some age, and create a message. And what a great message that Tony Colson at tonycolson.com had for us today. Here at the Pathway to Promise podcast, we're all about helping you to discover your pathway in life. We call this pathway, sometimes we like to call it the 40-day way process, where we have this time of trial and testing. We have some major debilitating thing that happens to us, but uh, through the grace of God and through other means, that we t- practical application of teaching, we can get through these times and come out to a better place, a place that... we like to call the place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. That's the good place. The promised life is what we like to call that. So that's what we're here to do. We got at at our website, pathwaypromise.com. You can find some back episodes of the Pathway to Promise podcast. Lots of great interviews, some great teaching there that will be helpful to you. And you can find that at pathwaypromise.com. We also have a free gift for you there, the four-minute guide for success You can pick that up, and that'll be helpful to you as well. Our mission? To help people overcome adversity, to achieve their promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. It's been a pleasure to be with you. We look forward to to being with you again next time on the Pathway to Promise podcast. So remember to keep your promises, because there's power in a promise kept. Thanks so much for taking the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. As a subscriber, you'll be a vital part of the Pathway to Promise community. Visit us on the web at pathwaypromise.com. Until next time, remember to stay on your Pathway to Promise.